0: It. First it, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant, you know, I'm, I'm reading from verse one, I'll read all the way to verse 10, and then I'll do a general recap, and then move on quickly tonight, you know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led, Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. That is, you can't curse Jesus if you are speaking by the Spirit of God. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations but it is the same god which worketh all in all but the manifestation of the spirit now notice he didn't say the manifestation of the gift he used the word spirit here is given to every man to profit withal however what he meant by this is that every one of these gifts is actually a manifestation of the holy spirit they are gifts of the spirit they are not things you can study so hard and then you begin to manifest. No. You can't walk your way into these gifts. They, they are gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to men. And so when you see any of them in operation, it is the Holy Spirit that is in operation. Can I have an amen? Please make sure you're not on your phone. Make sure that you're listening. That's why you're in church. So keep your phone in your pocket. Praise God. So that you can be blessed. That's very important. Now, there are diversities of operations, but it's the same uh, God which works at all in all. Now, when you see this gift in operation, it's actually God working in you. It is God. And it's amazing that God can work in me. That God can work in you. He can choose to work in you. It's amazing. It's, it's grace. Who are we that God, God Almighty will work in us? Now, bear this at the back of your mind. We live in a world that is already hurting. People are hurting. People are going through stuff. Some are depressed. Some are about to commit suicide. Now, God is not going to jump down from the sky to minister to them. God will do the ministration through us, through me, through you. That's why it's important that we covet, we desire these gifts. So that we can be a blessing to this dying world. So that we can show Christ to someone. These gifts usually would draw the attention of people to God. For example, you're praying with someone and all of a sudden God gives you a word of knowledge about them. And you tell them, my brother, um, so, so, and so, and so, and so, and so happened to you about two years ago. The Lord just showed me that now. And they confirm it and say, yes. In fact, when after that happened, so, so, and so, and so happened. Yeah. How did you get to know? Now, they know that (laughs) this is God. That has revealed that to you because you never knew. I remember praying for a lady years ago, leading her to Christ, and it just came. I mean, I didn't get it from anywhere. I just said to her, You're a lawyer. And she said yes. And I said a couple of things and she said, Yes, she confirmed it. She came all the way from America. I never met her, I'd never heard anything about her, other than just maybe knowing her name. And that was in the place of ministration. It will arrest the attention of that person. I remember she was Catholic. And that day, she gave I'm Catholic is a big thing in the U.S. <laughs> you know, because I, I, I met a couple of them. And you want to preach? You say, no, 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 no you don't need to preach to me. I'm Catholic. And they are really proud of it. Praise God. Amen. But hey, listen, you need Jesus. And that arrested our attention. So these gifts are meant for us to bring profit to the kingdom of God. This is the Holy Spirit in us reaching the world amen that's why it will be wonderful at every service that we have these gifts in manifestation i'll talk about them very quickly mention them and then i'll move on to what i have for tonight but the manifestation of the spirit that is the manifestation of the gift of the spirit is given to every man to profit without for to one now listen these are the gifts for to one is given by the spirit By the Holy Spirit, to one, it is given the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, the gifts, plural, of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, descending of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man, distributing to every man, severally, as he will. The Lord bless the reading of this word in Jesus' name. Now, the gifts are nine in number, as enumerated here in this chapter that we have read. Now, to help, especially those of you who are joining us uh, for the first time or second time, the gifts are nine, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But they are categorized into three. Three of them say something. Three of them do something. Three of them reveal something. So say after me. Three of them say something. Three of them do something. Three of them reveal something. Now, when we talk about the three that say something, they are also called utterance gifts or vocal gifts or inspiration gifts. They say something. They are involved in saying something, alright? Number one of them is the gift of prophecy, which we recently looked at. I'll take a quick uh, summary of it, and then I'll move on to the next one. Number two of the gifts, the three of them that say something, is um, diverse kind of tongues, which we are going to look at tonight. And then the last in that category is the interpretation of tongues. So say with me, the gift of prophecy, diverse kind of tongues, and then interpretation of tongues. Those are the three gifts that say something. Now, there are three of them that do something. They don't say, they just do. They are power gifts. They are called power gifts. Action. Power. You know, put together. Now, the first of them, which is the best of them, is the gift of special faith. Say the gift of special faith. Now, this gift can receive anything from God. It can receive any miracle. Listen. Listen. We all need at some point in our lives miracles. We need a suspension of the natural so that the supernatural can happen. There are times that you cannot normally meet a deadline. It will take a miracle for you to meet that deadline. Maybe you are involved in a project. You need to submit by a particular date. You have just five days to go and where you are is far off from the day of submission. Now, you need a miracle because you have to turn it in, especially if you school abroad, they don't understand, well, sorry, um, <coughs> you didn't meet deadline. I'm sorry, my, my computer bro- broke down. Sorry about that. You need a miracle. So miracles are not just for hands to grow and legs to grow and eyes to grow and things like that. Miracles are miracles. You need when, Whenever you need the natural to be suspended so that the supernatural can override that, that's a miracle. Talk about water also turning into wine, that's a miracle. I mean, without anybody adding sugar or, or sweeteners or additives or any of those things, they needed wine. John chapter two, in a marriage, the, they had run out of wine and they needed it like right there. The Bible doesn't tell us the guy could afford. If he could afford it, Mary wouldn't have gone to bother Jesus. They would just go and buy, but hey, they needed wine. And Jesus turned what they had available into what they needed, he made a miracle they needed bread in the wilderness john chapter 6 he asked philip hey how are we going to feed these guys about 5000 men about 20000 people all together and philip said look if master if we buy bread worth 20 uh, 200 penny worth it won't be enough to go around okay what do you guys have well we have just a small lunch for a small boy five loaves and two fishes what is that among so many jesus said let me have let me have what you what you've got and they brought it to him and he took it and blessed it and distributed to the disciples and they distributed to the people and they, they they were all well fed and they had 12 baskets of leftover that they could not eat they were so satisfied they had 12 baskets huge baskets of leftover that's a miracle that's a miracle that's suspending the natural process the natural process was for them to go and look for bakeries to buy bread value bread bread, uluashum bread, bread, bread uh what else now what <laughs> What do you guys eat? Sunset bread. Oh man, uh, sun fresh. Uh, uh, food core bread. All kind of bread. But they were, they were not in the place where they could get bread. One, two. We were not sure they had enough money in the wilderness to go get bread. So Jesus used what they had on ground and provided what they needed. Are you with me tonight? He can use what you have to give you what you need. Can I have an amen to that? So, as a lady, you don't need to slip around to get marks or to get promoted, to get ahead. As a guy, you don't need to cut corners. You are working in a place, and if we don't cheat the system and produce our own fake receipts, we cannot have extra money because our salary is too small. Listen, if you can trust God, he can do a miracle. You collect your salary, and you are spending more than your salary every month, and you are wondering how you are living. It's a miracle. Isn't it a miracle how many of us live in Nigeria? Are you with me? We have a God who supplies. We don't now ask people that are collecting salary. Now I don't get salary, but ask those who are getting salary, but especially believers. By the time you put pen to paper, maybe you're earning fifty thousand a month and you are feeling cool. But look at how much you're spending. Some of you are spending eighty thousand a month, ninety thousand a month. Where is the extra coming from? And you are not stealing from your boss. That's God blessing you. And we can have much more. If God gives you something and you appreciate it, he can give you much more. Appreciation, thanksgiving, multiplies the miracle. That's why every time Jesus took the bread and the fish, the first thing he did was to give thanks. And after giving thanks, it multiplies. Can I have an amen to that? So the gift of faith can receive a miracle. It is number one of the power gifts. Number two of them is the, uh, 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 the, the working of miracles. The working of miracles. That one works miracles. The gift of faith does not work miracles. It receives a miracle. But the working of miracles actually works it. It produces it. And number three in that category is the gifts of healings. The three of them are called the power gifts. The three gifts that do something. The last one, we have the three of them that reveal something. They they are called revelation gifts. What do you reveal? You reveal something that is hidden. You don't know the content of my pockets right now. You can only guess at best. How much do I have in my pocket? 1,000, 2,000, 10,000. You can only guess until I dip my hand in my pocket and reveal to you the content. God can reveal to you your life. You can be in agreement with someone in prayer and God can reveal to you certain things about them. You want to get into a relationship with someone, you better pray and and tell the Holy Spirit, I want some revelation about this person. Now, those revelation gifts are three also. They reveal something. Number one of them is the word of wisdom. Number two is the word of knowledge. And number three is descending of spirits. Word of wisdom is, will, will show you, is a supernatural revelation of what is in the mind of God concerning the future. It can tell you what is going on now and what is going to happen in the future. All right? It is connected to the present and to the future. Now, we also have word of knowledge. What of knowledge is connected to the past? Where that person is coming from. Maybe whatever has happened in their lives. And whatever, whatever, whatever. Something connected to the past. Descending of spirits. The word to descend means to see. Descending of spirits is a supernatural ability to see into the realm of the spirit. Those are the nine gifts. I've done a teaching on virtually all, maybe seven of them now. So, number eight. I want to go quickly tonight to. Uh, interpret, um, sorry, diverse kind of tongues. I spoke about prophecy the last time. I spoke about prophecy last week. Um, what do I want to tell you again very briefly about prophecy? Now, prophecy is different from being a prophet. You can prophesy. That doesn't make you a prophet. Uh, what is the essence of a prophecy? When somebody operates the gift, the simple gift of prophecy, three things are bound to happen. A prophecy brings comfort, it brings exhortation and it brings edification. That's the purpose. What is comfort? You know comfort. <laughs> I mean, everybody needs comfort, even right now. Edification is to build up. Exhortation is to draw nearer to God. You find that in First Corinthians fourteen and verse three. All right. Um, but in the off- if if you're standing in the office of a prophet, what it means is that you have the gift, the simple gift of prophecy but you also have revelation gifts attached. So it's not just the simple gift of prophecy alone that you have as a prophet. For somebody to be a prophet, he must also have at least two of the revelation gifts. That is either word of wisdom and word of knowledge, or word of wisdom and descending of spirit, or word of knowledge and descending of spirit. Two of them plus the gift of prophecy. And I gave us an example last week, Acts chapter 21 uh, from verse 1 all the way to 8 of the, Daughters of the evangelist called Philip. They were virgin daughters. They functioned in the simple gift of prophecy. There was a church in their home. Paul attended that church at some point with some with certain brethren, and these girls prophesied. Now, what did they give? Comfort, exhortation, and edification. That was all. And that helps the church. That builds the church. Are you getting what I'm saying now? That's why we must covet to prophesy. However, there was no revelation. In what they said, nothing like thus yet the Lord. Something is about to happen. No, nothing like that. But one day, a man called Agabus, a well-known prophet, came to the same house. And as soon as he got into the house, he took up a girdle. He didn't know whose girdle it was. It's like a belt, and bound his hands and bound his legs, and said, "Thus seeth the Lord: The man that owns this girdle." should not go to Jerusalem. Because if he goes to Jerusalem, no, actually, didn't say should not. He said, this man will be, this is how the Jews will bind the owner of this ghetto in Jerusalem. Now, that was not, it didn't sound like good news. So the brethren there were telling Paul, ah, look, this man Agabus is a prophet, he's not a commercial prophet, he's a solid prophet. If you go, they will bind you. And they were, they were begging Paul not to go. He said, no, I'm going to go. Why are you breaking my heart? I'm ready to go and die at Jerusalem. Not only to be bound. Now, that was a revelation. The man showed them that something was about to happen to Paul. The girls were in the house, but they didn't see that. So what is the difference? Those girls functioned in the simple gift of prophecy. Their prophecy brought comfort to the church, edification to the church, and exhortation to the church. If somebody says, now, maybe they take up your wristwatch or they take up your phone and say, whoever owns this phone? Mm. Mm. Serious affliction is waiting for you in Lagos. Don't go to Lagos. Now, (laughs) does that sound like prophecy? Does it sound like comfort? Does it sound like exhortation? Drawing near to God? Does it sound like edification? No. It doesn't build you up in any way. But it involves revelation. That is the difference between a prophet and those who are just operating the simple gift of prophecy. Did you get the difference now? Now, Paul encouraged us that we should speak in tongues, but much more that we should prophesy. So in our services, I trust that the Holy Spirit will... Distribute the gifts according to his will such that people can get up and prophesy. And the church will be better for it and will be stronger for it. Amen. Now, let's quickly go now to what I want to teach this evening, the gift of tongues. Because I don't intend to exceed my time. The gift of tongues. First um, Corinthians 12 and verse 10. I want us to look at that very quickly. 1 Corinthians 12. We've read it, our main text, verse 10. It says, to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, which we just concluded, and to another descending of spirits, which we have talked about before, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Now, I'd like you to notice that the word diverse was written in italics. This means it was put there by the translator. It was not in the original manuscript. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek. So the Greek writers in the original manuscript did not put diverse. In other words, that verse will read to another kinds of tongues. All right? Usually they put these words in italics to give it more sense so that it can make more meaning. That is, to another diverse kind of tongues. When you say diverse, it just means different. Different. Did you get that? Different. (laughs) That word now makes a lot of difference in Nigeria. So, to another. Let me say different. Why am I being tempted to say that? (laughs) To another diverse kind of tongues. Now, if we remove diverse, we just read to another kinds of tongues. Is that clear? Is that clear? Alright, so um, let's look at Mark chapter 16 and we'll read from verse 15 to 18 very quickly. Kinds of tongues, kinds of tongues. Like another example of words that have been italicized is what you have in um, uh, Daniel 11.32, I believe but the people that do know their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. The word exploits was not in the original manuscript. It was, If you, if you check it in the KJV, KJV put exploits, but if you check it in the written one, not in, in the app, you, you might not find the mobile app, you will find that the word exploits is written in italics. It means that that verse actually reads, but the people that do know their God, shall be strong and do. Do what? Anything. But so that it will make more sense, they put exploits. So that's what we have now in diverse kinds of tongues. It's just kinds of tongues. All kinds of tongues. Isn't the Holy Spirit amazing? Mark 16, very quickly, straight to the point tonight. Mark 16, and from verse 15 all the way to 18. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. This is saying to us now. Jesus speaking to us. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. So as we go to Mokola, as we go to Oketunu, as we go to Ghana, as we go to London, as we go to Cameroon, as we go wherever we are in the world, And preach the gospel. The Bible says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believes not shall be damned. The smartest thing to do in the world, if you are not born again, is to be born again. Surrender your life to Christ. It is the smartest thing to do. We we have only but a time here. There is an eternity after here. And there are only two places where you spend eternity need to tell the world let them know to repent of their sins and embrace God's eternal life it's a free gift you don't need to pay money for it it's sad in some places that they have to collect money from you so that they can give you the gift of eternal life in some circles you have to pay money so you can get the blood of jesus in some circles you have to give a special offering so you can see the fire of the holy ghost coming down physically in the church building that's wrong those are errors those are lies and do you, do you realize that in those places where people lie a lot, they have a mammoth crowd. Several hundreds of thousands of people in deception. They just cannot see. That's why we cannot afford to keep quiet. We can't afford it. Salvation is free. Jesus paid the price. It cost him his life. But the sinner doesn't have to pay anything. All we have to do is to tell him, Jesus loves you, and you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to. Listen to me. Everyone that goes to hell will go there as an uninvited guest. Because God already made heaven available. In fact, he brought heaven to us. Because he doesn't want heaven without us. (laughs) Glory be to God. So if anybody chooses to go to hell, it's their choice. But hey, can we help them by telling them? So Jesus speaking to us here, verse 17. Now, he said, when you go out to preach, these signs shall follow them that believe. As you preach and they believe you, these are the signs that will follow those that believe what you preach. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, don't go and drink poison and say, well, pastor just said in the Bible study tonight, they shall drink, they shall drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt them. And you take some gallon, you take some some poisonous uh, drink and then you take it, glue, 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 you find yourself in heaven. Now this is talking about, you have the Holy Spirit, you are going to be filled with the Spirit. If it does happen, somebody is trying to kill you, it won't harm you because you don't know. And the Lord will protect you. Not that you put the Lord your God to test. Like Satan was saying to Jesus, Mark chapter 4 and Luke, sorry, Matthew 4 and in Luke 4. He said, jump down from this cliff. Headlong. After all, it is written concerning you. shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in your ways. Now, that's Satan quoting the Bible to the living word. He was quoting the written word to the living word to Jesus. Satan can quote the scriptures. He can quote it to you. That's why you need to be careful. It's not every voice you hear that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. You must be able to discern. He carefully removed some things from that scripture. Because this is the way Satan reads the Bible. He can read the Bible, but he reads it upside down. That's the way he reads it. That's why you have all manner of interpretations in the world today. Even in some churches. Places where they tell you you can live in sin and be comfortable. It's okay. God is not mad at you. It's not your spirit that is committing the sin, it's your flesh. And henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Okay, sir, go and steal from the grocery store and let them catch you and see who they will cast into prison. Say, no, 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 I wasn't the one that stole the money. It was my flesh that stole the money. All right, let us separate your flesh from your spirit. Then you are dead. Are you getting what I'm saying tonight? Lopsided doctrines. lopsided. That is the work of Satan. And no marvel. Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. There are pseudo lights. They look like the light of the gospel, but they are not the gospel. The gospel should change us. Jesus preached repentance. John preached repentance. The, the, the apostles preached repentance. All the way into the act of the apostles, which we can actually call the beginning of the New Testament. They preached repentance. Peter said to them, repent! On the day of Pentecost. Men and brethren, what shall we do? to be saved, he said to them, repent of your sins. So that times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. When Paul picked it up also, he did a miracle, and they were going to worship Paul and Barnabas. He said, hey, no, no, don't do that. Repent! The church today says, no! Be comfortable the way you are. Jesus loves you just the way you are. Yes, he loves you. But half-truth is more dangerous than a lie. That's why we must have the Holy Spirit. When you're listening to a preacher, you should be able to decide. The Holy Spirit within you will bear witness. Phony, phony, phony. Pha, 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 pha. I was listening to someone a few few days ago. And he was talking. I guess out of passion. And he said, God is not light. I said, really? <laughs> really? I sat in front. And the man himself that was preaching said, I'm go- I know tonight I will offend some people here. I will offend. I said, oh, alright, you know that. I just didn't at the boldness of Smith Wigglesworth. He would say, "Stop him, Lord! Stop him! Stop him, Lord! Stop him!" In the name of Jesus, he would say that if somebody was preaching error. But I, 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 I was too careful not to disrupt the meeting, and I had a few minutes to leave. He said, "God is not light. The Creator of the whole world. How can you call Him light?" Now I understood where he was coming from that it's usually difficult to look for words to describe God. I can understand that. But the Bible says very plainly that God is light. How can you now say that your reasoning is more intelligent than the Bible? If the Bible says great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, okay, from my own point of view, Great is even a small word to describe God. But the Bible says, great is the Lord. So I'm simply going to follow the Bible. Error starts when people deviate from the Bible. The written word of God, this is our manual. Man, you could could imagine my anger. Because Psalm 36 verse 9 first of all came to my head. From my spirit to to my head. For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light shall we see light. Psalm 27 came to my head. Verses 1 and 2. David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? James 1, 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of light, with whom there is openness, no variableness nor shadow of turning. First John 1, 5. This is the message that we have received from him, that God Somebody say God is not light. I have too many scriptures to give you, sir. Somewhere in 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy, the Bible describes him as the only and blessed potentate that dwells in the light that no mortal can approach unto. And sometimes people need to read their Bible. Don't just come and preach what you think, preach the word. The word! Not your experience. The word of God. I beg you, church. That's why we call this Bible study. The best time of my life, the best time of my life is when I sit down with the word and I'm there three, four hours and I'm enjoying the presence of God. Today, I was just telling my wife, I said, man, <coughs> oh, Lord, God is amazing. God! I read certain things in the Old Covenant. Then I came to the new. I was reading about the ministry of Jesus. I was reading through the gospel of Mark. You guys need to go and read in one place, they came to ask him a question, to tempt him. They said, by, after he cleaned the temple and he dealt with the money changers and all of that in Mark, Mark 11, and so I think this is Mark 12 now, the Pharisees, the, the chief priests and the elders and you know these top top people, religious authority of the day, they came to him and said, by, 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 by what authority and in whose name are you doing what you're doing? They came to challenge him. He came back into the temple. Within two chapters, I saw Jesus in the temple like three times. Before he beat them, he had actually come to the temple before. He didn't say anything. The Bible says he came, I think maybe in the noon or something, and looked through. He looked on everything. He looked through everything that was going on. He didn't utter a word, and he left. Because the father didn't tell him anything to say. The second time he came back to the temple, he whipped. That was when he whipped the money changers overturned the table of those that were selling doves and all of that, and he didn't allow any man to carry any vessel through the temple. The third time, he came back again. Now, that time that he came back and whipped them, he whipped them to clean up the house to teach. And what he taught that day was that the house of God should be, is actually called the house of prayer. Expression house, I want to beg us. This is the house of prayer. The Lord said to me, If the church does not become the house of prayer, then it will become the den of thieves. Jesus said, my father's house, my house shall actually, it was quoting from Isaiah, maybe 52 verse 7 or so. My house shall be called the house of prayer. He said, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. It will become a hub for prostitutes. It will become a hub for yahoo boys. It will become their meeting point. You know people go to church and they don't feel God. They don't sense the presence of God in the church. Many, many churches today are like motivational centers. Like pastor just give us the motivation for the week. And when you are done, then they have their cacos meetings. That is the place where they meet. The place where they should be convicted by the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? Do you know why it has become like that? Because prayer is missing. Prayer is missing. When the prayer altar is burning fervently with fire, People will begin to line up. Revival will be happening. People will be giving their lives to Christ with ease. People will be revived in our services. They will be revived on their their own at home. I learned this last Sunday. I was in church and worship was going on. And somebody was getting slain in the spirit. I said, thank God. Because that particular person, glory be to God. (laughs) It's one of the projects I'm trusting God for. Because she's, she's a huge blessing. Someone satan is just trying to manipulate and waste her life. A huge blessing she's been to this church. Very influential, bringing people to church. I mean, but the devil's just trying to waste that life. And while worship was going on here, I think second service, boom, she was manifested. Slain in the spirit. That's what happens when we pray. I love the head of the choir. She said to me, Pastor, we don't want Can we be having our um, BBC class on Saturday? I said, why? She said, so that on Sunday we can have time to pray. Because we've not been having some time. We want to pray some more. I said, wow. You have it. Anything we can move for prayer, I, I'm for it. But for us to stop praying, I will never agree. Somebody said, oh, Pastor, people are not really joining the mid hour intercessory prayer. I said, I don't care. If it's one person, we continue to pray. God doesn't need the multitude. As many as, as few as will be faithful, we will continue to pray. Do you know what the apostle said? They said, "Let us leave all these things, serving of tables." Act chapter twelve, I believe it is. So, so that we can give ourselves to to prayer. Get that for me. Come on now, somebody. Is it Act eight? I know it's early on. I think it's chapter eight because the church was growing. The church was growing, and they were having problems. If it's not six, I think. It's, let, let me let me just go back. Yes, it's Act chapter 6. Act chapter 6. The church was growing now, verse 1. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, I'm trusting God that expression house, the, the members were multiplied. Amen? There arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration, in the daily distribution of food. Eh, the, the Greeks were fighting eh, 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 the Hebrews because their widows were neglected. That became it was almost becoming political in the church issues were occupying them they were settling quarrel there are churches where they settle quarrel all they do is settle quarrel every sunday settle quarrel after service if that is what we are doing then satan is sitting in the middle of the church the gates of hell wants to prevail then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto themselves unto them and said It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. The word of God is our primary occupation. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So we don't get distracted. Someone take out the kids for me, please. This is not the playground. Verse 4. But we will give ourselves. Look at that. But we will give ourselves continually. Continually. Not once in a while. We will continue till he comes. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The two must not suffer. A church where the pastor is just telling stories, 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 story, the people will be malnourished. They will have spiritual question know their left from their rights, They only know stories. Many churches today have turned to motivational centers. Quote, quotes. My pastor said, my bishop said, my reverend said, that's what the members know. What do you know? Nothing in the world. There are churches where they don't even talk about the Holy Ghost. We will give ourselves to two things. Continually to prayer. <laughs> Pray so that you don't do badly. Luke 18, 1. Jesus spoke a parable. To this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. Men ought always, if there is a job we are called to do, is to pray always. Pray in the morning, pray in the afternoon, pray at night. Pray while you are going to school. Pray while you are driving. Pray while you are on the airplane. Pray! Pray! So you don't surprise yourself. Oh, I've stopped watching pornography. I'm not masturbating again. God has set me free. Pray! So you don't go back there. Before you surprise yourself. This Christian life is bathed on the platform of prayer. It is sustained on the platform of prayer. It is maintained. Our Christian testimony is maintained on the platform of prayer. In Psalm 116 and verse 2, the New Living Translation, it said, Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. I will pray. We will give ourselves continually to prayer. Jesus prayed. Mark chapter 1 verse 35, great, a great while before day, he arose and went into a solitary place and there prayed. A prayerless Christian is a paperless Christian. A Christian that cannot pray, your life lacks pepper. Tasteless. Let me run very quickly because i must finish this tonight two things i want you to note about tongues before i give you the two things let me say this as a statement speaking in tongues has nothing to do with linguistic ability nothing to do with the mind or the intellect of man it is a vocal miracle it is the most prominent of the vocal gifts or the gift of utterance. Or we call them gifts of inspiration. It is not the best, but the most prominent. You find it all over the New Testament. The most prominent is the most common among them. But it has nothing to do with your mind or with your intellect. When you speak in tongues, you bypass your mind. They've carried out research on this. (laughs) In fact, do you know that speaking in tongues has something to do with your immune system? You speak in tongues for one hour. Senior pastor shared the information with us. Please, even you can get it on Google. When you get home tonight, check Google. Speaking in tongues plus my immune system. You will see the benefits of speaking in tongues. It helps your immune system. It reduces the aging process. My wife told me some time ago, she said, "Ah, when she had the senior pastor say that, she said, that's why my husband is very young. I refuse to age. I, in fact, you know what she said to me? She said, you are just aging backward. I said, thank you very much. By the time I wear my shorts and sneakers and t shirts, some of you need to compete with me. That's the truth. Speak in tongues. Paul the Apostle said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. He was talking to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 14:18. He said, All of you put together, I speak in tongues more than you all. He wasn't boasting, he was telling them something about speaking in tongues. I will tell you in a moment. Two things I want you to know. Number one, tongues is a supernatural sign. Jesus said in Mark 16 15 to 17. And this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Some of you gave your life to Christ on Sunday. Or last week or two weeks ago. And some ministers prayed for you and they laid hands on you. And you began to speak in tongues. Don't stop it. It's a supernatural sign. It's a supernatural sign. Sign of what? It's an initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The moment... Anybody gives their life to Christ, the Holy Ghost comes into them. But when they are being ministered to, the Holy Ghost comes upon them. And when it comes upon, you will speak in tongues. We have an example in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost was fully come and the Holy Ghost descended, the people began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So, first of all, it's a supernatural sign. Jesus said it's a sign that we follow believers. It is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues is not for unbelievers, it's a sign that follows believers. Unbelievers try to fake it. All right? In movies, in some other things, or sometimes they are ma- making jest of us. <laughs> what are they saying? They don't know what they are saying. <laughs> to us, that thing you are messing with is a supernatural sign. And it can make a difference in your life. Hebrews chapter 8, number 6, the Bible talks about this dispensation, that this one, we have a better covenant established on better promises, and particularly in the area of the Holy Spirit. You won't find speaking in tongues, you'll find almost all the other gifts of the Spirit in the old covenant. Word of wisdom is there, Word of knowledge is there, the Son of Spirit is there, uh gift of prophecy is there, uh, gift of faith is there, working of miracles is there, plenty. Elijah alone performed 8 miracles. Elisha performed 16. So all of those gifts, you find them in the old covenant. The only one you won't find there, that you only find in our dispensation, is this gift of tongues. And so, it became very prominent from the act of the apostles when the new church, when the, the church actually, the church of God was bathed, bathed by the Holy Ghost. And one powerful thing, one common thing, among the church of God, among the brethren, the they speaking in tongues. It's so amazing. Simon the sorcerer, when he saw Peter and the other apostles, that as they laid hands on people, people received the Holy Ghost, he offered them money. He said, please, take money, so that me can have this power. As I lay hands like this, people will receive the Holy Ghost. They said to him, your money perish with you. Number two thing that I want you to know about tongues, is that it's a devotional gift. Somebody says a devotional gift. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, when he said to them, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all, 1 Corinthians 14, 18, he was giving them the purpose of tongues and explaining what speaking in tongues would do for them. Now, what will it do for you? Tongues is primarily a devotional gift to be used in our prayer life in the praise and worship of God. When you say you have your private or personal devotion. Tongues is very good for that. In the worship of God. In your prayer. You bring the understanding to a point. You take it off from, the, from there. You go speaking in tongues. You're worshiping the understanding for a while. And then after a while, you start worshiping in tongues. In your private devotion. One is a sign, a supernatural sign. Two, is a devotional gift. When Paul was saying, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all, he wasn't talking about tongues in public ministry. No, he wasn't talking about that. He was talking about it in his private life. Because privately, some you can speak in tongues 16 hours a day. 16 hours, if it's possible, for you. Some you speak underneath your breath. <laughs> when people are there, they're just speaking it underneath your breath, and then at some other time, you can speak out loud. So, when you are not eating, and you are not talking, and you are not sleeping, you should be speaking in tongues. Is that clear, everybody? Alright, we move on now. It was giving them the purpose of tongues, and explaining what tongues would do for them. Tongues is primarily a devotional gift to be used in our prayer life, in the praise and worship of God. However, Paul Pointed that only a few believers will be used in what we call the public ministry of tongues. Go to 1 Corinthians 12 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 30. I need that on the screen. Media, I have just five minutes to go. 1 Corinthians 12 30. Thank you. Now, he asked the question there. Let me also open my Bible. Have all the gifts of healing? You know the answer is no. The gifts of healings is one of the nine gifts of the spirit. Not everybody has these nine gifts. Everybody has what the Holy Spirit gives them. To you, it might be word of wisdom. To another, word of knowledge. To another, the Son of spirits. To another, gift of healing. So, does everybody have the gift of healings? You know the answer is no. This is where the issue now is. Do all speak with tongues? I was preaching to a Catholic woman years ago, my very good friend. And she said, she opened the scripture. She told me her own gift was dreaming. If she dreamt like this, it will come to pass. She said, That's my gift. I said, That is not a gift of the Spirit. It's not part of the nine gifts. Dream. She said, That's my gift, though. I don't speak in tongues. I'm Catholic. I don't speak in tongues. I said, But there are even charismatic. He said, hey, Those are charismatic, those don't speak in tongues said, but it's not my gift. And then she showed me the scripture. Do all, he said, Paul wrote it. Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Now, Paul was not talking about us speaking in tongues here. He was talking about the public ministry of the gift of tongues. It's like saying, do all have faith? If we are all believers, we all have faith. God has given to every man the measure of Of faith, all right, But the gift of special faith, do we all have it? No. Because that one is a gift of the spirit and it is distributed severally to every man according to the will of the Holy Spirit. He knows you, he knows what you need. And Paul said, "covet earnestly the best gift. So what is the best gift out of the nine? If you have been listening to me for a while, you should know that. What is the best gift out of the nine gifts? God bless you. The one you need at the moment. The one you need right now. Somebody is dying and you need the gifts of healings or the working of miracles. That is not the time for word of knowledge. <laughs> or maybe even the of spirits. If what you need at that moment is the working of miracles, that is the best gift. If what you need at that moment is descending of spirits, that is the best gift. So when he said do all speak with tongues, he wasn't talking about the private use of tongues for our devotion. Because we all should speak in tongues. That's the desire of the Father. But do all have the public ministry of tongues and interpretation? No! We don't all have it. So get it right. And we should read in context. I will show you a few more verses. So, <laughs> I wrote my notes. This is the source of some people's confusion. Or oh, that's their excuse. However, we must note that Paul is talking here about the ministry gift of tongues. Back up a little to verse 28. Same scripture. 1 Corinthians 12 28 to 30. Quickly. And now, Paul was now talking about the ministry gifts here. He said, and God has set some in the church. First, apostles. An apostle is a ministry gift. Just like our senior pastor is a ministry gift. He might not call himself an apostle. But God has used him to birth churches in nations, in cities. Unfortunately, in Nigeria, every young person thinks that they are an apostle. And if you are not an apostle, you are not respected. So because people want respect, they quickly call themselves an apostle. These things have been laid out in the scriptures. Do you have the signs of an apostle? Do they follow you? If they follow you, yes. It doesn't matter your age. If the signs are there. But if the signs are not there and you are just calling yourself apostle because everybody is an apostle now, Nobody wants to be an evangelist. Ah, no, that's that's the, that's, that's the lowest rank. You call somebody an evangelist? And say, no, no, no. I am the very right reverend. I've never met the very left reverend. Most senior apostle, because apostle serve has grades. I said, no, don't call me prophet. Next time, call me senior prophet. Nigerians and titles. May God deliver us. The very people that God uses. I don't even know the title of Smith Wigglesworth. I only know him as Smith Wigglesworth. Brother Smith, that's what they called him. Brother Kenneth Hagin, that's what they called him. Brother Copeland, that's what they call him. A.A. Allen, that's what they call him. Billy Graham, that's what they call him. I don't, I don't even see Doctor in front of his name. but Niger- Billy Graham alone won at least a million souls to Christ. He will park stadium full. I had the privilege of going to his library in North Carolina, Charlotte. And in the library, in the place, they put his Bibles, different Bibles that he used in his lifetime. And his travel bags, those Bibles were used. Small Bible, big Bible, different kinds of Bibles. In one section in in the the library, because the library is a tourist center in Charlotte, North Carolina, there was a video section where they usually, they would play 24-7, videos of his crusades around the world a particular one was conducted in nigeria i was i was watching i didn't even know it was nigeria i just heard him preach jesus and if you know billy graham i mean his words would cut your heart like i want to talk to you about jesus he's a powerful man and the interpreter said that's my country that's my country In the room where white people, Chinese people, Caucasian, all manner of people, I had forgotten myself completely. They all looked at me like, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's my country, man. And that's my language, man. You know? I was so excited. So Billy Graham came to Nigeria. Where was I? Reynard Bonke. That man won millions of souls to Christ. Not a title. He was an evangelist. May God help us to be humble see if you want to manifest the gift of the spirit learn to walk reverently before the lord walk respectfully walk humbly humbly don't be carried away by the sensationalism that is going on in nigeria today i'm sorry i listened to some of your apostles and i don't get anything out of what they're saying i'm sorry about that i tried to i try to okay now give me a word and it's like motivational talking some of the things they say we can learn in harvard business school some of these, they say, you already know? And ah, yes, you see, they'll stand up and they'll cry. Look, forget about that. Go after the Holy Ghost. Go after the Word. Get alone with the Word and get alone in the place of prayer. Get down on your knees. You can get on the street and God will use you for a child that is suffering convulsion. I need to wrap this up because my wife has warned me I shouldn't stay beyond seven people. And I'm a man under authority. Authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, I close now. We should, we, should, we should not be too concerned about ministering in tongues and interpreting. That's the public ministry of tongues. Don't be too concerned about that. We should be primarily concerned with maintaining tongues in the place where they principally belong. And what is that place? as a devotional gift to assist us in the worship of God. Focus more on speaking in tongues for your private life, to assist you in your prayer life, to assist you in your worship of God, so you can maintain a tender heart and be easily led by the Holy Spirit. Howard Carter, one of the men used mightily by God, I'm paraphrasing what he said. He describes speaking in tongues as a a devotional gift, as a flowing stream that should never be allowed to dry up. When a stream is flowing, it will be fresh. When it is stuck, it becomes dirty, and it will stink, and that water is not good anymore. But if it keeps flowing, it's going to be fresh. Let your prayer life be like that. You're, you're speaking in tongues. Let it be like that. Let it be a stream that keeps flowing and keeps flowing and keeps flowing. Tongues is not a teaching gift, neither is it a preaching gift. That is not the purpose. Amen? Amen. We'll find the public ministry of tongues in First Corinthians. Let's read this quickly. We've read it, but let's read it again. First Corinthians 14, 27 to 28. First Corinthians 14. This is the last scripture for tonight. Verses 27 to 28. First Corinthians. Now he said, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three. And that by course, that is one by one, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, Paul said, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. When you come out, you have the gift of public, the public ministry of tongues. He said, come one by one, and let it be only two or three in the service. Don't let there be 20 people that want to give a message in tongues. And make sure there's an interpreter. Someone else that has the gift of interpretation of tongues. If there is no interpreter around, please keep your tongue to yourself and to God. That's what Paul said. In fact, after that, he spoke about the prophets. There may be many prophets in the church. He said, but let them also be by two or three. Verse 29, let the prophets speak. Two or three. And let the let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that are seated by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted. In one single service, if ten people or twenty people want to prophesy, we won't do any other thing but prophecy. everybody wants to do public ministry of tongues. We won't have any other thing to do but tongues. Paul said, I'd rather speak five words in my understanding so I can be a blessing to the church. Can you imagine that in the last one hour if everything I said was in tongues? All right, you're welcome to Bible study tonight. Open your Bible to Are you there? Are you there? Oh, sufferai, gegligo duzu. Menaniza kala nomash? Ombreni nuko klicuts. hale. lezahale. Nino, nino. Shikele kele nhanos. Michaela, just look away from me. Oh, look behind and Now, if I do that one hour, will you be blessed? No, you won't. You won't be edified. But you know something will happen. I will be edified. Because he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. I'll be charged up. I want to encourage you, church, speak in tongues at least one hour every day. Something will change in your life. Something will break. Something will give way. Revelation will come. You will begin to read your Bible. Begin to understand. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory be to God. Were you blessed tonight? Next Thursday, we'll take the last gift, which is the interpretation of tongues. Father, we honor you and we praise you. Thank you for teaching us. Your word, thank you for feeding us with food convenient for us. And so, Lord, as we go to our various hostels and homes.